Welcome back to the Data Driven Real Estate Podcast. This is episode 16, and this week we've got Dave Savage. He is founder of The Mortgage Coach, and he has over 27 years of experience as a mortgage executive, business leader, and mobile technology pioneer. This week we talk about trends and disruption in the mortgage space, uh, the prediction about mortgages starting with a 1%, which you definitely won't want to miss, uh, moving beyond the transaction and really working on building relationships, uh, lifelong clients, and how that's possible in the mortgage space, which is increasingly important and how mortgage pros are leveraging technology in their business all on this week's show. You won't want to miss it. Hey, welcome to the Data Driven Real Estate Podcast, the podcast for real estate professionals dedicated to driving business using data. I'm Aaron Norris with co-host Sean O'Toole with Property Radar. And today we have Dave Savage, founder of The Mortgage Coach. Hey, Dave, how's it going? It's going good. Good to be here. So tell us about your foray into the mortgage industry. God, I, I got in the mortgage business over 30 years ago and was a loan officer for many years and, you know, just figured out a better way to deliver mortgage options to family. You know, I turned borrower education into a competitive advantage and founded Mortgage Coach over 20 years ago. Uh, back in 2000, I decided to be a full-time technology entrepreneur and, you know, today I am the founder and CEO of Mortgage Coach that helps loan officers turn borrow education into a competitive advantage. Hmm. And we've known each other for a, a while, Dave, and you know, you're a, a multiple entrepreneur as well. You've had uh, mobile communications companies and other stuff, uh, other stuff too. And you've always struck me as a, a data-driven guy. So uh, thanks no, for uh, no, joining us. No, no doubt, Sean. So Sean, we're entrepreneur buddies and you and I were close during the smart reply days uh, that was a company I sold. I don't know. It's been over six years now. It's been a long time. Yeah. And we've both seen each other go through building companies, selling companies, reinventing companies. Uh, so it's, it's good to be here with you, brother. All right. Thanks for coming. T- tell us a little bit more about uh, Mortgage Coach. What do, what do you do? Who, who are your clients? So I am super proud to say that 34% of loan officers that do over 100 loans a year use Mortgage Coach. So we've got a lot of very high producing loan officers that use our product. We've got a lot of brand new loan officers that use our product. Uh, We've got seven of the largest non-bank owned lenders that have our product built into their technology platform and their culture. Uh, So, you know, we've got a a lot of uh, top producers using our product, but I think what I'm proud about is anytime a local referral-based mortgage professional is servicing a family, they're just delivering a higher quality of service and value. When most people get into mortgage debt, the data that they get is here's your rate, here's your payment, and here's your cash to close. And I call that the transactional triangle. Those are the three pieces of data that they get when they get into mortgage debt. And loan officers compete on that. I've got lower rates. I've got lower cost. I've got no points. I've got no cost. And at the end of the day, they're just selling money. And it has become a commodity. And at Mortgage Coach, we believe that when someone gets into debt, we need a few more data points. Like, I believe that when someone gets into debt, they need options. So don't just look at one mortgage program. Look at multiple mortgage programs. So that's a data point. And then I I believe in our whole business model is built around, you need to look at those costs and those options over time. Like, what's the total cost over time? If you're paying points and you have this rate and you're not paying points, you have this rate and you think you're going to be in the house for three years or seven years, what's the total cost over three to seven years? And so you're always, you're you're just looking at things deeper 
and over time. And then one last data point that's a foundation to the mortgage coach way of doing things is that when you, like, let's say you're refinancing your home, you should compare your current loan versus the refi over the time that you're likely to have it and the time that you want to retire or the time that you want to be debt-free. And then you should always look at strategies to build wealth with real estate. So what if you took that monthly savings that you're getting in the refi and you prepaid your mortgage? How much interest could you save and how many years faster could you pay it off? Or what if you took that, that savings and you invested it with your financial planner based off of your return on investment? What would you look at? So, so our model is just taking a few more data points beyond the typical transaction experience, transactional triangle, rate, payment, cash to close, and then, and then making that easy. So like a loan officer can, within a matter of a couple minutes, not 10 minutes, like two to three minutes, build like a beautiful presentation, give it to a family, and then that family who has, you know, they're not financial planners. They don't have any experience. They can consume that content, you know? So that's, that's what we do. We make it easy to deliver, help families make confident decisions and with a little more data. So that, that's your core project, and it's, it's like an advice engine, like maybe is it? Oh, by the way, way we, are you, did you know that we call it the advice engine, or did you just make that up? Uh, you know, it made sense. <laughs> it would be an yeah, advice like, engine. We, we call it. Perfect. The, the, the borrower experience, we call the total cost analysis, although okay. a lot of lenders will come up with their own names for it. And then right. what creates the total cost analysis, we call the advice engine. Advice engine, great. So that's the, is that the core product? Are there other products too? I mean, do you guys, you still do coaching as well? At least you are very prolific in terms of, of uh, the content you produce and stuff for your, for your folks. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, we have another um, app called RateWatch and RateWatch monitors mortgage-backed securities, puts context around it. It's an app. You can go to the app store, download it. To use it, you need to be a mortgage coach member. We do have some partnerships where we make that available to everybody that uses Optimal Blue, for instance. If you have Optimal Blue and you're a loan officer, you could use the RateWatch app. Uh, in terms of coaching, I've, I, I think calling it a value add is understating what it is. But, you know, I learned back in the meltdown, you know, the 2007, 2008 meltdown, which you and I both experienced firsthand. Uh, <laughs> you you, you kind of rode that wave. I mean, it was, you, you built quite a model around that. So Sean, you, you took it and turned it into a positive. I, I lost a lot of my customers through that and I found out who used our product. And so, I mean, I was always a passionate educator. I mean, I named the company Mortgage Coach because I'm turning loan officers into mortgage coaches. I'm turning them into mortgage coaches. So there's always been a training element behind that. But coming out of that meltdown and finding out who uses our product, who doesn't use our product, I started doing a coaching call every Tuesday at nine o'clock. And my vision on that was, there's not a lot of sales meetings taking place in the industry. There's not a lot of leadership and training taking place. And I'm gonna put on the best sales meeting and the best training experience every Tuesday at nine o'clock. So I started creating content uh, back in the day. We weren't using Zoom. We were using GoToMeeting. Um, GoToMeeting didn't evolve very much and Zoom did. So we switched to Zoom. But, but uh, what's that? Is it just like us? Did the same, same thing? <laughs> yeah. You know, so we're on Zoom. You know, you're streaming this in podcast. Uh, so Tuesday I started creating content. Those Excuse Tuesday me? calls, those are free. Those are open. 
They're right? free. They're on our, our YouTube channel. And I, I am super proud of our YouTube channel today. We've got over 11,000 subscribers. We, we get thousands of hundreds of thousands, actually over a million minutes, several million minutes a year of loan officers consuming content on that YouTube channel. So it's, it's gone from Tuesday, every Tuesday at nine o'clock, which I still do today, you know, 10 or 12 later, 10 or 12 years later. And then I also, as CEO of Mortgage Coach, I try to at least a couple times a week do a, a one hour interview, or not a one hour, half hour interview with loan officers. So I'm just staying close to the trenches, but I'm not like a coach. You know, I don't do fee coaching. I, you know, I turn you into a mortgage coach. Our platform does. And then we create content through our YouTube channel. And then we have a Facebook group too that is free to the industry. If you're a mortgage or real estate professional, you can, you know, check out our YouTube channel and check out our Facebook group. Yeah, I mean, that was something we had in in common because I think most people in this industry like try to monetize the the coaching, the training and that kind of thing. And I think both you and I have, you know, like through the foreclosure crisis, we trained thousands of people, you know, how to do short sales, how to do uh, buy foreclosures at auction and how to buy free pre foreclosures, but all that was free. And you took a very similar approach. I think that's, that's great. So. Yeah. I think when you're going to take the time to create that content, you want to just get as many eyeballs on it, as much attention, as much change. Uh, it, it's been, it's served our business well. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we don't sell coaching, but we, we do, a, I mean, every single day of the week, if you're part of the mortgage coach, there's, there's live training, there's live content, uh, and we're teaching and we're training and we, and in the sales process, when we have a, a company that we're trying to say, Hey, buy our technology for all your loan officers, you know, they look at it as, Hey, I'm getting, I'm getting, you know, like a VP of sales training in addition to a piece of technology. Um, so it's part, just how we've run our model. So what are your, what are your, uh, folks seeing out there in, in the market right now? What's, uh, what's going on for, you know, the independent mortgage broker, the, you know, all the folks that you help out there, what are they seeing in the market today? What are their challenges? <laughs> Just keep it up. They're, they're, they're killing it. They're, they're overwhelmed with production. The, the amount of volume that we're going to do this year as an industry is an amount of volume that we didn't even know that we could do. Uh, I, I, one interesting trend I'm seeing is that the the top producers that are good leaders that are using technology efficiently, they use their CRM, they use video, they use Mortgage Coach, they use Zoom. They're just killing it. I mean, they're they, they've already closed more loans this year, right now, than they did all of last year. So so just breaking records by you know significant margins. Uh, and the biggest I challenge, you none of them thought that was going to be the case in March, <laughs> April. No, absolutely not. Yeah, no. So it's, it's been really good. I, I think, you know, the biggest challenge is just how do we get more hours out of the day? How do we be more efficient with our workflows, with our time? It's been a, it's been a boom for mortgage coach because we're selling a, a virtual digital mortgage platform to deliver advice. So it's been a boom for us. And then I think they're, you know, like, how do we not burn out our team? You know, how do we not get burned out? You know, right. so I, I think uh, it's, it's been a very exciting time. There's been a lot of silver linings in this COVID times for mortgage coach and for, for families. I mean, heck, that's the other thing. The mortgage industry is lowering people's payments. Every refi is creating fiscal stimulus for a family. 
And, and also you're seeing a lot of move ups. I, uh, one of a really common um, strategy that you're seeing in the mortgage coach community right now is a refi versus move up where a family will like, okay, column A is my current loan. Column B is refi. I could save $322 a month. Column C is I could move up, get another room. A lot of people have equity. So like I, I, there's a story, an interview I did with Amber Kovarik out of Chandler, Arizona. And, you know, column two was refi. Column three was move up and they had equity. So they qualified for a 5% down loan and they had equity. Column four was, hey, buy that new move up home, non-contingent, and then take your equity. They had 125,000 equity and recast your loan and their payment would have gone down by $126,000. So, and then what the family ended up doing is saying, you know what, I'm going to do column three where I, I do move up non-contingent. And when I sell my home, I take that money and I put it in the bank. And based off of my return on investment, they've, they've literally increased their net worth by like 30%. And they've increased their liquidity, you know, in the bank by 50% because they got $125,000 in a interest bearing account. So you're, you're seeing a lot of refis, a lot of move ups, and you're seeing a lot of first time home buyers come into the market too. Yeah. So is it, is it pretty for the, for the average mortgage, is it pretty um, even between purchase and refi? No, I mean, the refis are, I, I don't, I, I could actually pull up some data while we're talking. I'm going to multitask a little bit and, yeah. and tell you what it is. Cause I got my hands on some data. You might have this too. So if I'm stealing any thunder from your platform, feel okay. free to share the stats. But I, I am, you know, there, there's definitely a lot of, you know, call it the distributed retail model, referral based local mortgage professionals. Uh, they are, they're doing a lot of uh, refinance right now. So let's see what we got here. Total volume. By the way, do you have any of these numbers? Well, like number of, we certainly track, you know, how many mortgages are, are uh, created and purchased versus cash out versus, you know, rate and term refi, that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's all available on our platform. Yeah. So I'm looking like it just top lenders and, you know, Quicken is, you know, done 672,000 refis compared to 94,000 purchases. Um, Loan Depot, one of our big platforms, has done 31,000 purchases compared to 142,000 refis. Fairway, our biggest. What's that? It's about 5x refis. Yeah, well, Fairway, our biggest client, Mortgage Coach, has done 77,000. What is that? Purchases and 85,000 refis. And I think that is probably you know, guaranteed rate has done 44,000 purchases compared to 77,000 refis. And I'm looking like the distributed retail model looks like um, definitely anywhere from 20 to 2X refis. And then when you get into like, let's call it the household name Wells, they've done 77,000 purchases compared to 169,000 refis. So, you know, it depends on the model. Yeah, on the on their business model. Yeah, Aaron, are you back? I don't think so. By the um, way, B of A is thirty nine thousand. Seems like, wow. And if I um, so the other, uh, <coughs> one of the big stories, like 
when this the crisis kind of first occurred, and I don't know how much you know about this or not, was the independent mortgage banks and uh, having a, a liquidity, you know, kind of crush. Did you follow that? Was that as I mean that something that really kicked the whole crisis up another level and like lending disappearing and that kind of stuff. So early yeah, on, it was, was scary. There that. was, yeah, there was some very tenuous weeks coming into, um, you're, you're talking about when COVID first came in and forbearance was announced and, you know, the liquidity crisis, the capital calls, that's what you're yeah. referring to, right? Yeah. Cause you know, so the, the, I don't think a lot of people, everybody thinks like the bank is the lender, right? And, and, you know, so, you know, the loan's made and then, but there's the servicing rights. And so there's a person who collects the payment and then pass it along to the underlying security that is actually the, the lender. And, you know, that might be, that might be a retirement fund that's in that. It could be. Yeah. The, yeah. You know, the yeah Fed. It, was, it was, it was, it was scary. I mean, you had two things happening. You had a devaluation of portfolios because rates went down. So like the portfolios are going to run off devaluation. You had right. forbearance come out, you know, an announcement um, from the president that, you know, there's this forbearance, but there was no like, okay, how are we going to help these lenders? Like people aren't going to be making their payments. So there was a period of time where they didn't know. Let me finish explaining that for the folks at home. So the way the servicing works is you send your, your payment to the servicer and then the servicer takes their fee and they pass that along to the underlying security, right? The under, whoever the, the lender is down below. The way those agreements work is if you don't send your payment for any reason, that servicer still has to make the underlying payment. So when they announce forbearance, right, you could potentially have a huge number of folks stop making their payments to the servicers, but the servicers are still responsible for making the payment. Of course, they don't have the cash to do that. So at the time, it was like all these independent mortgage banks, these servicers, they're going to go, they don't have the liquidity, they're going to go broke. Is that a good summary, Dave? That's absolutely a good summary. Yeah, there, there, and there was just capital calls. You know, regional, very successful, big players were 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 having to make capital calls. There was a lot of issues. There was a lot of fear. Uh, fortunately, we made it to the other side of it, and now everybody has done a lot of volume, built up balance first sheets. Rates- Kind of went up because of that, right? And, and credit tightened and rates went up. That was kind of the initial reaction, right? Yeah. I mean, rates were going down. I mean, net-net rates were going down. And that was part of what was causing, you know, the the you know the capital calls. You know, people didn't have credit lines. But net-net but rates are at absolutely historical levels. And I, you know, I could pull up my rate watch app and see how close they are to the bottom <laughs> as of today when we're, we're doing this. But um, there, there was no doubt that was it was a tenuous few weeks where, you know, at first we were all going, yeah, refis, we're killing it. You know, mortgage coach was, you know, well, 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 COVID is scary from a health perspective. We were not getting put out of work. You know, we were super lucky that we had jobs. We thought we were going to be shielded from this financially. And then there was a period where the meter, are we going to start seeing companies, you know, shut down and, and I'm going to see companies, you know, important clients of mine, you know, not paying. And and then we, we made it through it. And it's it's been good for the mortgage and real estate industry. Can you hear me now? We can. We can. Hey, welcome it, back. Welcome back, my friend. It's it's strange. Nothing changed on my end. It just decided to stop working through the connection. So there you go. 
Um, Opendoor is about to do its IPO, and it's very clear that a lot of these iBuyers are, are incorporating mortgage as a key piece to the linchpin, so they don't have to make money in one particular area. They're making money in an ecosystem that they're creating. Is, it, is that a big conversation inside the mortgage industry and a concern? Well, it was, it's not a big conversation today because we're overwhelmed. We have more business than we know what to do with, but pre-Coltus, COVID crisis and this low interest rate tidal wave. Uh, and I think it will be a big topic coming soon, which was the disruption of the mortgage space and the fear. Like when I was, I spoke at the digital mortgage conference, not this year, but last year, and it was a massive topic. You know, it wasn't a question of if Amazon's getting in the mortgage space, it was how and when is Amazon getting in the mortgage space. And it wasn't a question of is Open Door and Zillow and these disruptors gonna complete, you know, completely disrupt the mortgage space is a question of when and how. And I, so I think it's, it's not at all a conversation in today's market, but I think as rates start to tip up and we get into a more normal market, it's gonna be a big deal. Like right now, you know, Quicken went public. A number of other companies have put it out there that they're gonna go public. So you're starting to see large mortgage um, platforms go public. You're seeing disruptors like Open Door. You know, we we have the consumer. How do we make everything around it? You know, Zillow is definitely expanding their mortgage services, and and so yeah, there's it's it's a big topic, and it's going to reshape the industry in the coming years without question. I think what I like about what you said though is that you're sort of providing a bridge between mortgage and financial uh, help, where it doesn't seem a lot like a lot of these lenders are going to be very focused on that kind of customer service. Do you think that will be the case? No, no. I mean, there's there's some you know every lender that is investing in mortgage coach and building this into their tech stack and building this into their culture, they're doing that because they get it. Their loan officers need to provide value beyond the transaction. You know, that rate payment cash to close and the submitting of an app. And if it's auto approved, you know, they get it that like if it can be automated, it will be automated. And that type of transaction is going to become commoditized. And if you're a referral based local mortgage professional, they, they know their loan officers need to become advisors that deliver value beyond the transaction. So, uh, now that is not the majority of the business while we're picking up market share and we have, you know, seven of the top 10 non-bank lenders investing in mortgage coach. Uh, but, but, but a lot of them are, get it. They need to turn their loan officers into advisors and that's a combination of technology and training. They need to go from transaction salespeople to solution salespeople. Uh, but a lot of people are doing it. I mean, it's, it's a big movement. Um, people that aren't, yeah, I think they're in for a rude awakening, as we get on the other side of this mortgage revolution that's taking place. Mm. Dave, because you work with all these groups, like one of the things that's always like, uh, I don't know, I find an interesting question. Like what is the, you know, you've got the independent, you get the more, you get the brokers, right? Like that could be even independent, could be one guy just hanging out a shingle. Right. And then you are picking up steam. I mean, that model is thriving. Okay. And then you've got like regional players, then you've got the independent mortgage banks, you've got the larger, like the Quickens, the online. Break us, break the industry down for us. What are the key groups and maybe the pluses and minuses of, of each of those, you know, 
styles, entities, organizations, whatever the the right way to put that is. Like, cause it's, it's, yeah. it's just never yeah, been no, clear I, to I, me. Yeah, no problem. So big banks, uh, I don't think I need to describe that a lot well, other than, you know, yeah. maybe the benefit is that it's my bank. I know them, I trust them and it's a big bank. So there's some security and trust built into the brand there. Uh, you know, there's online lenders, Quicken is the biggest name in online lenders that just they're great marketers and they run consistent processes and they train their people and they deliver a great, well, I don't know if it's great, but they deliver a great, well, no, Quicken delivers a great customer experience. You've it's a got, factory, um, though, right? I mean, it's a factory floor, big call centers, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but but they deliver, you know, they're, they're delivering a consistent consumer experience. Uh, you've got credit unions and, you know, community lenders, uh, which, you know, credit unions are non you know, they're not for profit, they're for their members, uh, but they don't have the technology, but you, you know, you have the relationship, you know, and you, you have someone that you can trust. And I actually don't know what percentage of the market they are, but they're, you know, they're still a, a real portion of the market. You have like brokers play a lot ahead. on the commercial side too. Yeah, right? no doubt, no doubt. Do they play much no. in the housing side? A little. Yeah, yeah. No, we've we've got a couple of the largest credit unions in the country as clients of ours. First Tech is our biggest credit union client, and um, they're 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 killing it. You know, they're they're low price leaders, and uh, you know they're they're community players. You know, they're they have a brand loyalty if you're part of that credit union. And I think there's a type of consumer that is attracted to that. Uh, you've got brokers, which are scaling and growing, where it's just independent loan officers. Could be a one-man shop, could be a 10-man shop. You're starting to see some kind of mega brokers coming coming up. Uh, the second largest one is a client of ours. Uh, but that model is scaling. You know, distributed retail, though, you know, the the fairways, the calibers, the loan depots, uh, you know, prime lending, some of our biggest clients, Finance of America, uh, Guild Mortgage. Anyways, the list goes on. That's still, I think, the what biggest. Do you, what would you, you call them again? Distributed? Well, I think they're called independent mortgage bankers. So I think that would be oh, the okay. thing. I, right I call group. them distributed retail. Okay. Uh, but independent mortgage bankers. Uh, that I, I have to think is the biggest volume. Although big banks do so much business, you know, I really don't know the breakdown between the categories, but these are the categories in the models. Uh, and then I think there's a new model called the disruptors, you know, the open doors, but you, you, you even, and I actually, I haven't done this slide for a while, but when I spoke at um, digital mortgage conference, I actually broke down the industry in all the different categories. So I actually have a slide on that. If you want to, I don't yeah, know if you could put it in and I'll forward you yeah. a slide breaking great. down the industry. Because when I did the presentation, I went like, Hey, last year, this was what it looked like. And this year, this is what it looks like. And I, <laughs> Cause it used to be pretty much I was done, but now yeah. you have, you know, uh, Keller Williams is in the business in a big way. You have <laughs> right. real estate on mortgage companies in a big way. You have disruptors, which are the open doors in the space. You have um, the the leak aggregators. Zillow is in the space. Uh, you have the threat that platforms like Amazon is in the space. So, so 
the, 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 the number of categories in the mortgage space, and it's all been enabled through technology. It's all been enabled because now it's push a button. You know, you apply for a loan with a link. Family fills out that link. Data comes from, you know, countless sources, aggregates it. Intelligence, you know, qualifies them, approves them. And, and that's why you have all these new categories competing in the mortgage space. And uh, it's, it's quite disruptive. So I'm we- a, uh, I get my NMLS, is that right? Uh, license, right? Now maybe I'm working for my local bank or something, right? I'm a salaried position, and, but I really like this business and I want to grow personally and, you know, grow my business and grow my income. Like what's, what's the path that I take from being like a junior loan person to like being a, you know, a guy making seven figures a year doing loans. What I would tell someone is it's all about your, 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 the quality of your service. You have to go beyond the transaction and deliver value beyond. I've got a competitive interest rate. I'll close your loan on time and I keep my promises so what? That's table stakes. And you need to deliver value beyond the transaction. And, and you need to build a database. And, and that database needs to be, go beyond being data in a CRM. It needs to be, I call it mortgages under management. People where you're saying, hey, I can close your loan on time with a competitive interest rate, but I'm going to help you build wealth with real estate because I'm going to give you a better level of value. And I'm going to manage that mortgage every month, just like you know you have a financial planner and you get a report every month telling you how your assets are returning. I'm going to do that with your real estate, with your mortgage. Uh, a very hot tech company. I think we're one of the hottest tech companies in the mortgage space, but another one's called HomeBot. And they do a great job because you put in a client's data and it's providing a lot of value. We integrate with them. But that type of value where I'm going to manage your mortgage I'm going to manage your real estate. You got to provide value beyond the transaction. That's one of the reasons I'm excited about being on your, um, your podcast and learning more about your next gen product. Cause I have a feeling that you're, you're going to be one of those hot platforms that uh, anybody in housing is going to benefit from. You've long talked about how important being hyper-local is for the, uh, for the mortgage folks. And that's a, it's not a term, it's a term we've used and, and we like a lot because um, it's something we believe in and we think public records helps people do. But tell us what hyperlocal means to you and why, you know, why that kind of stood out for you and why you think it's important for mortgage folks. Well, I, I, I have taken my hyper, my hyperlocal rant and really focused on hyper-personalization. So when I do a lot of my coaching calls and training, I talk about, hey, there's, there's this content that's generic, it's global, it's macro, uh, and there's a lot of data sources, a lot of news. And so I used to always talk about, hey, your job as a loan officer is to make that, is to localize that. Or if you're a loan realtor, how do we, how do we take that and we localize that? And realtors crush it at that. I mean, that's what they do is they're like, hey, I know this neighborhood better than anybody, hyper-local expert. And, and that still works. But what works best is when you hyper-local and you hyper-personalize. And, and so I do a lot of teaching on that. Uh, you know, just like that, that move-up analysis. You could take some, hey, here's some macroeconomic stats in America on equity. We all know that rates are at a historical low. We know equity is at a historical high. 
We know consumer debt is historically high, macro. So I would teach a loan officer, well, know what that means in your city. You know, what's the equity? What's the debt? Rates are the same nationally. And now what's that mean personally? Like come to a realtor who says, hey, you've got these hundreds of families that you've sold homes to. Now how do we do a personalized move up analysis for them and we'll personalize it. So it's hyper-local, hyper-personal. And I do think that is how both real estate and mortgage professionals who want to be referral-based professionals, how they will exist in the future world. Like without real tangible hyper-local content, hyper-personal value, you're going to get disrupted by the, the machine. Yeah, we, that's definitely our primary thesis to our, our customers, right? Like the good news about being local, right, is you can do things that don't scale and uh, you can take that next step that the big boys just, you know, can't do at a, at a large, at a large scale, you know, even like the, the realtor who has that, you know, they know their subdivision, but not everybody in that subdivision is the same. Some have equity, some don't. Some are older, some are younger. Some have lived there a long time. Some have only lived there a little bit. And you can per- tailor that message to each of those those groups, but you need a tool for separating them out. And that's definitely what we've brought to market. So we're excited about that. And Can't uh, wait to happening. see it. Can't wait to hear about it. And uh, I'm fired yeah. up. I Forgive me if I'm looking over here on my screen. I was looking for that uh, slide that I have that shows the different markets. I just found it. And I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't missing any uh, any cag- categories. But it looks it looks like I got them. Um, Digging into that. Well, FinTech. I, I Actually, I did. I missed two categories. FinTech. You know, so you're looking at Mosaic, SoFi, Green Sky. Mm. And then you're also seeing the investment bankers and wealth managers like Sachs and Merrill Lynch go direct. So, you know, like I've got one slide that shows one, two, three, four, five categories. And then I've got another slide that shows, you know, I'm not going to count them, but it's over 15. And and it happened in a single year. It actually happened in about six months. You know, when you, when you think of when Keller went direct and Zillow went direct and, an open door and offer pad started going. It just like the world changed. Can we explore yeah. inside that and, and look at the demographics? Are there any of these categories? Are they specializing in specific demographics, especially for millennials and the Gen Z who early data shows that they want to get into real estate earlier? Um, are you seeing any players win out of these? So I'll players? speak to that. I didn't. I didn't ask your permission to share my desktop, but I. Oh, that's I fine. That's beg, great. Beg for forgiveness. Saves me but, editing later. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. But like, so this is what it used to look like. You know, less than two years ago, probably eighteen months ago, and this is this is what it looks like today. You know, the battlefield for the consumer's mind has changed, and and so I already kind of described this in detail. But yeah, no, there's definitely I think different factors. Like when you look at the wealth management crew that's getting in here. Yeah, they're going after the affluent. Uh, they're going direct, but they have a customer base. So the commonality is, I yeah. have a customer base. Mm. Now that I have automation, how can I quickly and easily do a mortgage with that customer base? You you look at Zillow. You know they're coming in. They're saying, hey, we got a customer base and we have a consumer share. How do we do a mortgage for that, folks? So so you're you're seeing that across the board in terms of like 
you know, retail mortgage lenders, you know, they're still like, it's all about having an army of reef referral based local professionals, which are the majority of our clients. I mean, we, we, we empower them. We turn them into take them from a loan officer and turn them into a mortgage advisor. But yeah, I think that's the common theme. When you look at all of these, you know, you look at the credit unions, they've got a, a mind share and a consumer and mortgage is just another spoke on the wheel. You have a very interesting category. Now, Amazon, um, I think it was a little bit over a year ago, announced their their turnkey program partnership with Realogy. And we haven't heard about it because rumor is that it hasn't gone well. <laughs> and that the, you know, they give away if you if you use one of the Realogy brands, you get so many dollars worth of free stuff from Amazon. And the problem was that their home services uh, sector wasn't being able to install and perform. <laughs> so <laughs> any thoughts on the Googles and Amazons of the world if they're going to be able to compete with the people already in the space? Yeah, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. I, I think it's 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 when and how and and it's not as easy as they think. You know, everybody that comes <laughs> in the mortgage space, it's never as easy as they think. But you know, with with data and artificial intelligence and the way the world's evolving, they will figure it out. But I I they personally believe forever. Right. Yeah, and they'll and they'll try. So there's a lot of mistakes ahead. Um, but but it will be figured out. But I, I just think if you're a local referral based professional and you're a local expert, and you know how to deliver personal value beyond the transaction. I don't know. I mean, maybe forever. You've you've got a you've got a good job. So I kind of coming back and wrapping a bow on that question on what do you what advice do I give to new loan officers? It's all about like a thousand should be your goal. A thousand families where you manage their mortgage and and you have tangible advice that helps them save money more effectively. It helps make them more better mortgage and financial decisions more effectively. Most people retire with less than $100,000 in the bank, but because most people, when it comes to making liability and debt decisions, they misconsume several hundred thousand dollars of debt over the course of a lifetime. So I think, I think if you can be that advisor and it's tools and it's knowledge, and it's also just caring about people beyond the transaction. Listening. For sure. You got 20 years ahead but I don't know if you'll ever lose that because I think as long as we're humans, we like humans and we like stories and we like people that can add value. So I don't, I don't know. I think maybe you'll always be good, but you, you just can't be a transaction coordinator and an app taker. That's not going to cut it in the world ahead. Right. In which of these you know, different groups, like if you're an individual, you're, like, you're probably going to end up being a mortgage broker right? Because you're not, you're, you're not going to make, you're going to make a salary at inside of a Quicken or inside of a Zillow or one of those, you know, most of those places, right? Like there, is there, where is there, is it really only going independent that you get good? No, no. I mean, the, the distributed retail does incredibly well, you know, I mean, they, most of the top producers are in the distributed retail. And I, I think that model is solid because, you know, when you're a broker, you, you have to manage more than just I'm a loan officer and in scale. Now I'm, again, I think the broker model is great. And I know, I know some big brokers that do a lot of loans and the, and the companies that service them have improved their automation. So the ability for a broker to execute both great price options and execute, I mean, it's incredible now. Uh, so, I mean, the broker model is going to thrive and it's going to grow but I think the distributed retail model is too, you know, like, Hey, I want to wear a uniform. I want to be part of a team. And I just want to focus on 
you know, doing volume. I mean, that's, you know, there, there, there is this movement in the mortgage space. Brokers are better. And, you know, by the way, that's the brokers that are saying that. Uh, <laughs> it, I'm, I'm like, guys, they're, they're all great models. We're a lot of different human beings. You know, for some people, credit unions are better. For some people, big banks are better. For some people, Quicken is better. Like it's, it's, it's you, you what I okay. tell new loan officers is pick a strategy but yeah, you personally need to be a local expert. You need to be a personalization expert. You need to be a mortgage coach, and and then just take care of your families. And it doesn't matter what model you're gonna you're gonna make a great living. You're gonna kill it. And and this business is I I think mortgage industry is the best industry, one of the best industries in America to get into right now, because uh, you you got a lot of independence. And they're they're doing a lot of business, and it's not going to slow down in the next couple of years, in my opinion. Well, let's talk about rates. Earlier, you said it when rates start going back up. I, my personal thesis is we have so much debt, rates can never go up. They can really only go down from here. I think five years from now, five, you know what was it four years ago, four or five years ago? Um, Aaron's dad, Bruce Norris, and I both at about the same time predicted we'd have in, uh, mortgage rates in the twos at the next crisis, which appears to have played out. And I am now going to go on record as to saying we will have mortgage rates in the ones at the next crisis, because there's always a next crisis. Yeah, well, I, I'm not a, an interest rate predictor, but I have a chief economist mortgage coach. His name is Dan Rawich. Dan is amazing. You know, he's got a platform called Market Mentors. He's, for over 10 years, he has done a daily video on the mortgage coach. Gentlemen, and he agrees with you. He thinks rates are going in the ones. And he he was saying rates were going in the twos. And he was right. And and so, um, but I'm not. I All I'm doing is parroting Dan, because <laughs> he's my guy, uh, and what he says in the rate watch. And I, I'm not the CNN watcher. I'm not the one that studies those numbers. I was once upon a time, but I'm yeah. so ADD. I've got to pick what I study. <laughs> and it's studying numbers, but Dan, Dan Rawich agrees with you. And I, I, I believe whatever Dan says. Now, so FHA, back, to, back to your, by the way, you guys should, you guys should have Dan on this show. He would okay. be Great. incredible. He, he is, he's just an Oracle of data and insight. Uh, he'd be a really good guest for you guys. Awesome. FHA, FHA surprised us with this risk premium that they put on hold, but it's supposed to go back in the play later this year. I have a feeling that's not going to come back because you brought up earlier when somebody gets to refi at a lower rate, that's money they actually get to pocket. Um, do you, are you hearing anything on the streets that that's going to come back for sure? Uh, you know, I hear lots of different stuff. That Again, not an area of my expertise. So I'm, I'm really going to just not even comment on that because I, okay. I, don't, I don't have the, the insider information. Everything I hear is just people I follow and, and I hear a lot of mixed messages on that. Hmm. I do know our industry doesn't like it. So I know, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I do know if I owned a mortgage company or I was a loan officer, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and they're my customers, so I don't want it either. But, but if, you know. Well, if Dan and I are right about rates headed to the ones, like the outlook for the mortgage business yeah. really is pretty darn good, right? Like, because as rates yeah, continue to go up, people refi, it's just. Yeah, because that's only going to raise the rate by, you know, an eight to three eights, you know. Um, or quarter, whatever. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I I'm not going to comment on it because I just, I just don't know enough about it. No, I was just, coming back more to the trend of, of, of rates overall. If the trend of rates yeah. towards the ones, that's 
incredibly bullish for the mortgage industry. You think? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah I mean, it, it, it improves affordability. You know, rents have gone up. So first time home buyers, you know, between COVID, you know, it's, it's I, I, you know, makes renting even less desirable. Uh, appreciation rates with homes are going to go up. So yeah, the fundamentals for housing are incredibly good. It's just, it's hard to come up with a scenario that says that mortgage, real estate, housing is one going to lead us out of this recession and two has three great years ahead. But again, I am not an economist. I am not studying that. That is not on my opinion. That is the opinion of people that I listen to and believe in. Let's talk about, um, so, right, you, you'd be, you get to have the, I guess there's a national license, but there's also state licensing, right? So you, uh, mortgage brokers are, are licensed in their state. We're seeing more people move and change states. So that thousand families, right? Now you're starting to see some of those families leave and go to another uh, state and really can't serve them anymore, right? Is that a, is that kind of churn a, a problem for folks that, go after those families? Well, no, I think, I think the, the mobility, I'm finding loan officers that are moving, you know, they've got a lot of, you know, huge business making a fortune living in one city that say, you know what, for lifestyle reasons, for family, where I want to live, I'm moving to a different state and they're still able to keep that business. And so you're, you're seeing lenders have multiple states. Yeah, you see lenders have multiple states that can move. I've got one of the top producers in the city of um, Chicago is a customer. And part of her model is, yeah, she kills it. And she's one of the iconic lenders if you're buying a house in Chicago. But a lot of her clients are moving out of Chicago. And so she, you know, is with a lender that lends in all states and she follows them. So I think a lender's ability to follow the customer and then a lender's ability to work wherever they want from a lifestyle perspective is it's scaling. It's a movement. Uh, it's, it's not, you know, the, 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 the migration is not hurting the opportunity for lenders. Yeah. And I guess, you know, with, with COVID, right? Like this whole thing of like come into the office and fill out the paper or come in, you know, to read, all that's gone. So they like, you can do this business from anywhere. Yeah, no, I, I interviewed the best loan officers in America and it was surprising pre-COVID how many top producers still met a good percentage of their clients in person. Like, it, you know, iconic loan officers are doing the most volume of any loan officer in the country, 30, 50, 60% of their clients were coming in. I've interviewed those people post-COVID. Obviously, people aren't coming in and they're saying, I like it better. My conversion is still great. The amount of time that I have to spend with the family is less. I'm getting just as deep in less time. And, and I do think post-COVID times, there will be this kind of like preference management, you know, as, as, as text, you know, text, email, video. And now we have virtual or Zoom. And, and now it's just going to be like, hey, how do you want to do it? You want to come to my office? Do you want to jump on Zoom or do you want to take care of this over the phone call? Preference management and, and Zoom slash virtual connection is is not going away it's it's going to be just a you know depending on what the interaction is how much advice is there personalities how close we are convenience but uh virtual is here to stay in my opinion grandma knows what zoom is now grandma likes (laughs) zoom 
so it, it's not going away. Can we talk a little bit about marketing? Um, the finance industry spends a lot of money on marketing. Has any of that changed in the last five years, say, on what mortgage brokers are spending their money on to get clients? You know, it's all over the place. I mean, I, I mean, obviously marketing works. Quicken has proven that out, you know, <laughs> and uh, it's the numbers game, you know. So you, you, you were seeing a lot of Facebook marketing. Now, I shouldn't say were. We are seeing a lot of social media um, spending, although from what I've heard over the past couple of months, it seems like Facebook is harder to, to, do, to, to do than it was a year ago, per se. But, but yeah, social media spending, you know, big platforms like uh, LendingTree and Bankrate, they're a thing. Uh, Zillow is still generating the majority of their money through advertising and people buying Only- links. Yeah, so so those models aren't going away. I don't I don't know exactly like how does it compare today, pre COVID versus post COVID. I don't know. I'll bet that it's gone up just because transactions have gone up. But in terms of, um, yeah, I don't I don't I don't know how it's trending, other than macro. Like over the past five years, it's growing. You know, like that's pretty obvious. Marketing works. Spending money for leads. It works. It's a thing. Getting more, getting more competitive, though. I, I imagine, right? Like that, that cost to reach that customer, acquire that customer, is probably going up too every year. You have all these new players. I absolutely, uh, absolutely. But you're seeing new things. You know, I, 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 when you look at the social media platforms, I, I, I don't follow Gary Vee a lot, but every once in a while he puts something out that I see and I, I like. And he said that uh, LinkedIn today is like Facebook in 2012. And I use LinkedIn to communicate, engage my audience of mortgage professionals to grow my business. And it's very effective. It's very efficient. So you're just seeing platforms come and go. But, you know, like I I think uh, um, Instagram has massively grown as a, as a legit, platform of influence, value, ROI, and marketing for realtors. Uh, they're killing it. I know realtors that are doing hundreds of millions of dollars, some of the best realtors in the country, and they're killing it with Instagram. So you're just seeing these different channels come and go. And then, you know, TikTok is still a teenage thing, but you can see how quick they could go too. You know, president says we're going to turn off TikTok and boom. <laughs> but I, I do think platforms, that itself is it going anywhere? We're going to see platforms as the, you know, the marketing way going forward. Direct mail. I said, I I have to say a a large portion to this day uh, of my mailbox is filled with uh, lenders (laughs) marketing to me via direct mail. I get a lot. Yeah. And it probably works. I mean, I actually don't think I've seen mail in like three years. My wife gets the mail and she goes through it, but I, I actually have not seen the mail in five years. And so mail is not a thing for me, but again, marketing is just, it's a numbers game, you know? And, and so everything works. Telemarketing works, direct mail works, email marketing works, platform marketing works. Uh, it's a numbers game. And I don't think it's, it's been like that for a long time here in America. And I don't think that's ever going to change. Yeah. 
uh, I just uh, I'm thinking probably we're getting close to uh, uh, getting close to the hour. Uh, yeah, this has been pretty awesome, and I think we've covered a lot. Any other things that you want to touch base on or share with the uh, audience? Again, investors, you know, mortgage folks, obviously, uh, realtors, uh, home services companies. Any other thoughts that you have on uh, that you'd like to share? Well, I'll just close out with the the mortgage coach mission. You know, when I when I came out of the meltdown, while I am a SaaS entrepreneur, software as a service entrepreneur, and I make money from loan officers or companies that buy our software. I, I changed my core metric to not how many members I have, which by the way, it's important. It drives our PNL. It's an important metric. But I said, you know what? My, my number one metric is how many families, when they get in debt, do they click on a total cost analysis and they make their decision with a few more data points, go beyond rate, cost, and monthly payment and go options over time with strategies to pay off their debt. And a little more data, easy to read. And coming out of the meltdown, I had less than 25,000 families a year that were getting, well, first of all, coming out of the meltdown, I didn't even, didn't have a SaaS platform. I couldn't even count how many times a family clicked on it. But we right. became a link and we live in this link economy. Now, you know, we're, I, I hit a link to get here. We apply for a loan with a link. You know, we deliver a video with a link. We deliver advice with a link. We're going to do over 2 million families this year are going to, you know, make it. So my, my mission is to change how people get into debt. So whether you're a loan officer or a realtor, you can still apply those principles. Like when you get into debt, what's the cost over the time you're likely to have it? Compare that to your options and look for strategies to get out of debt faster. You know, and, 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 and I do think like my legacy with mortgage coaches and entrepreneur I'm for profit, so hopefully we make a lot of money. But I hope we also change how people get into debt in America. So I would just encourage you, some closing thoughts for me, you know, write that down. A few more data points, it can be life-changing. Like all the time, mm. a mortgage coach loan officer will show a family how to pay off their house 10 years earlier. What's right. that worth to you? It saves you hundreds in equity, hundreds in interest costs, and it creates financial freedom. So a little bit of data can change your life. And, and so that would be my closing thought, you know, um, make better decisions with more data. Uh, Dave, what's, yeah, that's great. Go ahead, Aaron. What, what's the best way that uh, they can follow your work and what platforms, especially on social, should they be following? Well, you, you can follow me on all social media. I mean, LinkedIn is called the professional. You're a mortgage loan officer. I try to do quality posts. You can follow me on Facebook. Okay. I, I think I started using Instagram two weeks after it was founded and I was jealous that I didn't come up with that idea because I was a photography minor and I love photos. But I mean, that's just personal stuff. If you are a loan officer and you're not in our Facebook group, Mortgage Coach Productivity Mastermind, you're losing money. And, and if you're a loan officer and you're not watching our YouTube channel, you know, you should be replacing some of your Netflix with uh, our Mortgage Coach YouTube channel. And then our website Mortgage is mortgagecoach.com. Okay. I will make sure to link all of those uh, on the site and on our YouTube. This goes up on YouTube and I'll make sure to tag you. They just updated something that makes that a lot easier right in the headlines. So I can't wait to I'll check it, it out. I'll make it very easy. Well, thank you so much for your time, Dave. Really appreciate it. Dave, really appreciate, appreciate it. Thanks what for you guys coming. do. And I'm looking forward to seeing your new innovation. All right. Cool. 
All right. Thank you for listening to the Data Driven Real Estate Podcast. You can find show notes and links to some of the resources mentioned in the show at datadrivenrealestate.com. Click that, join the community, and you'll be forwarded to the Property Radar community where you can ask questions about the current show and even see upcoming guests and ask questions there. We'd love to engage with you in the community, so check it out. Please don't forget to like, favorite, subscribe, and share on your favorite platform where you're listening to the show. It helps us out a great deal. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.